out there and welcome to Optimistic Nerds, a show about everything we love in comics and comic-related media. I'm Brittany. And I'm Eric. We apologize for last week. It is all my fault. I will be honest, I ate too much candy and sweets on Halloween and made myself very sick. Um, and was still sick all through Tuesday. And then I caught a cold. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in bed all day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Most of the day. We almost didn't go see Doctor Strange. Almost. Because you weren't sure you wanted to. Yeah. But, and, then, uh, and then we said, no, you'll be fine by Thursday. Which is funny because on Monday when you asked me if we should buy tickets for Thursday, I wasn't sure I'd want to go. No, not Monday, Tuesday. I wasn't sure I'd want to go because of my stomach. And my stomach was still hurting. And then on Thursday, I was sick. Like with a cold and a mm-hmm. head cold. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize. And I was so sure on Tuesday, I was like, oh, I'll feel better by, by Thursday. It'll be fine. And then I caught the cold and didn't wasn't feeling up for it for a completely different reason. Yeah, you can still kind of hear it too. You sound better, but not, uh, not 100%. Better. Yeah, um, I feel better. I still feel, I still feel like... Um, so if I hold up my hand, we're going to have to stop the recording so I can cough or sneeze or something. Because um, you guys don't want to hear that. Yeah. But, um, I still feel all congested and stuff. So my throat's all itchy. Yeah. Too bad these mics don't have a mute button. That would be wonderful. Oh, well. And it would make things so much easier, but we can always edit it out and it'd be fine. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So we saw Doctor Strange. Yeah. Your thoughts first? I loved it. I liked it too. I loved it. Like I, it's, so here's the thing. I, I'm going to start out with actually some of the criticisms of okay. it first. And some of these I were, I was thinking of while I was watching the movie. And then some, I just saw some, some postings on it from people. And I, I kind of agree. I agree with the criticisms that it's kind of, um, it's by the book, you know, it's kind of like a by the book Marvel movie and uh, kind of like a by-the-book superhero movie in general, whereas, like, you can kind of see everything that's happening before it happens. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And I think I think the first Thor had this same problem. Mm-hmm. The first Thor was, like, I was calling the shots, like... Calling it as it I happened. was, like, verbally saying it out loud. Okay, they're about to do this. And then sure yeah. enough, that happened. And, and the same thing kind of happened with Doctor Strange for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything verbally, um, but but in my head I'm like, okay, this is, you know, he's he's the chosen one, blah blah blah. He, arrogant has it all. Like arrogant has it all. Of course, something's gonna happen to him. Sure, okay, there we go. Something happened to him. Now he's gonna go. And because I don't really know Doctor Strange's origin story anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that he was a an actual doctor, um, and I knew that then he became the Sorcerer Supreme and blah blah blah. I I didn't I didn't know exactly how it went though and that i don't know if even the movie portrays it exactly how it went either but um but anyway so but it was all just you know it was by the book and then um but it was really really good still it was um you know the funny parts were funny it was the you know when he's kind of discovering the magic and like the effects and the the trippiness of it all yeah and like him zooming around when he you know the ancient one makes him go 
go through all the dimensions and stuff and he's flying around and I love the part where he's doing all they're going he's going through all of that and the guy says his heart rate is accelerated or something and he slams into a chair and then you see her face and he gets she goes he looks fine to me and then he goes through it all over and yeah. you're like holy cow no mercy yeah um i would have probably lost whatever food was in my stomach at any point during that and probably yeah. would have had my eyes tightly closed wishing that it would be over soon uh, that is intense but it was so cool like to see that would be so cool yeah i, I don't think i'd be able to keep my eyes closed because if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die and I'd want to see everything Before as it was it happening. You know what I mean? Like that's, anyways, it, it, um, yeah. And, and so the effects and everything else, it was just, uh, I'm really into like mystical stuff. That's why Wonder Woman's one of my favorite superheroes mm-hmm. because she's so heavily tied into the, the Greek pantheon and, mm-hmm. and more mysticism and, you know, and magic as compared to Superman who is like alien, silent science and, um, more sci-fi yeah so i'm i'm more into like like you know growing up i was more lord of the rings rather than star wars right um star wars is fantastic don't get me wrong but i just you know i i have an affinity for for fantasy right. um so so yeah i i really loved this and i loved i loved benedict cumberbatch as dr strange i loved all the magical elements of it, 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 um, yeah, I actually, I don't even think I've ever read a Dr. Strange comic before a, a standalone comic. I've read him in other things, but never anything with solely him. So I, I feel like the magic was, was grounded because that's one of the hard things to do with, with magic in comic books or any other, or in a novel and anything is you have to set limits for the magic. Mm-hmm. It can't just solve every problem any way right. possible because it, you know, that quickly magic can become too powerful um, if you let it. Right. Um, so limitations are good. And I felt like there was good limitations within Doctor Strange. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. Yeah, I thought it was... I, I agree with you. I thought it was um, really good. Very. I've never seen Inception. So I know a lot of people compared the... Um, the reality bending to inception mm-hmm. so i guess i need to see that movie now um because i thought it was really cool um i think the mirror world mirror place world place what do they call it mirror something the um i think it's the mirror dimension or it was probably my favorite part where you know strange thinks i'll bring them in here so they can't affect reality but they were stronger in there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they're running through London. Were they in London streets or were they in New York? No, they were I London. I can't remember. London um, New York. They're running through the streets and, you know, one minute they're running straight and the next minute they're running up and down and to the side. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but it was, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was really well done. I agree with you that it was kind of like a... Um, arrogant man is super arrogant and full of himself and then he loses everything and then he tries everything to gain everything back because he doesn't know how to build his life without that one thing that made him great and then he has to learn a new way i did like though that he was very 
um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Very apprehensive about the whole magic thing. Um, before, like when he walked in there, he was like, yeah, right. That's, that's not science. Like that's not real. You know, it's spiritual and he totally writes it off. But then she shows him all of that and he's like, oh my gosh, teach me, like show me how I can do this. And um, I like that it wasn't this, he's constantly denying it in his head. And she shows him and he embraces it and he puts his all into trying to make it happen, trying to do it, trying to succeed. And um, I like that they showed how he struggled with it. He didn't just catch on to it right away, but he was a very good student about it. Like, I love that they had that perfect balance between showing enough of his struggle to getting to where he is, um, but showing his um, um, his uh, what am I trying to say? Desire to learn. His you know he reads every book he can find in the library and. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Wong. He was so funny, Wong the librarian. Yeah. Um, and he laughs at the end. Yeah. Because he doesn't laugh throughout any other movie. This is a spoiler podcast, by the way. Oh. We usually say that, but I think we forgot. We usually say it um, about now, after we've talked about something and we spoiled something, yeah. and then we say it. Yeah. Well, so. well, read your books, watch the movie yeah. before you listen. Um. But yeah, you're right. I I I would have not liked had he dug in and denied magic even more after seeing all of that. You know, like, oh, you just gave me some trippy drugs or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, I still feel like it was, even though it was by the books, I feel like it was still somehow thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, and in a way that personally, I don't think that I don't think Thor was the first Thor and honestly the second Thor either. Um, I don't know a lot about Thor to be honest with you. Yeah. Outside of the movies. So, well, but those, those movies are, yeah. The Thor they're, movies? They're, they're not good. Um, I know that they're not the best of the Marvel movies, which is kind of a little disappointing because Thor is such, such a big character. There's so much potential there, at least in my mind, because I don't know a lot about him. Um, I wouldn't say he's one of Marvel's staples, though. I mean, he's not. No, true. He's not Spider-Man. He's not. I don't know who else is a big Marvel staple. He's not the X-Men. Captain America. Or Captain America, you know. Um, or the Hulk, even really. Thor is. I don't know. Like he's he's sort of like a. I, I almost put him at it like a B-class character. Would you? Yeah. And Iron Man would be the same until recently, until yeah. Robert Downey Jr. got his hands on him. Um, oh, that Robert Downey Jr., anything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, maybe, I guess. <laughs> maybe now. Now. I think now. Yeah. Before um, he was a little off his rocker, but... Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I thought Doctor Strange was great. I liked the... The mid-credit scenes and the post-credit scenes. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, let's see. the The mid-credit scenes were Thor. He was talking to Thor, right? So yeah. He's, he's going to be in the next Thor movie. I thought it was funny because Thor goes so 
Earth has sorcerers now. Like, what else are they going to get? Yeah. And um, he's sitting there drinking a beer and a t-shirt, and I just thought it was funny. Yeah. And Doctor Strange breaks down the whole Loki thing and says, all right. And then the sooner you get your brother, the sooner you'll get out of here. And Thor goes, yeah. And he goes, great. Let me help you with that. Yeah. And they get up and go. Yeah. So I'm excited for the next Thor movie. I'm really hoping that they pick up the game. I mean, I'm going to go see it, obviously, but I'm... You don't I'm, have high hopes. I don't have high hopes. High I, expectations. I have, yeah, I, I have no yeah no real expectations going in yeah who knows maybe i'll enjoy it more because of that yeah maybe there are other things i'd like to say about thor but this is an optimistic podcast so yeah we'll do those um we'll talk about that off the off offline um so dr strange was really good really funny yeah, I thought you wanted to talk about the end credit, too. Oh, yeah, the last one. The last one. Oh, that poor man. So in the beginning of the movie, there's this, after Strange loses his hands, and he hears about this man who was um, paralyzed from, what, the chest down? Mm-hmm. And miraculously, miraculously, um, his physical therapist basically says, yeah, the man stopped coming for a few months, and then I thought he died, and... I ran into him on the street, and he was walking. Yeah. And so Strange tracks him down, and um, and and asks the guy, you know, what happened? What did you do? And that basically leads Strange on his 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 um, spiritual quest. Um, um. But then at the very end, at the end of the credits, um. The disillusioned partner of Strange, the servant of the Ancient Ones, what they called him? He wasn't a servant. Um, Not Mordu. servant, but... What's his name? Mordu. Mordu? Mor- Mordu or Mordru. I wanted to. Yeah. Um, he tracks down the same man and takes his, his power that mm-hmm. is actually helping him walk. So he would channel his own power into his legs and his body so that he could move. And he took it from him. I mean, it'd be easy to see how he came to that sense of logic, though. You know, all these sorcerers running around distorting the natural order of things. Yeah, and he was very much taught about the natural order, and he's very rigid in his mindset. And the Ancient One said that, that he needs, Strange needs his, that man, what's his name again? I'm so bad. Mordu? Mordu? Strange needs Mordu's strength. And Mordor needs Strange's flexibility. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was very um, stuck in his ways. I don't know. He couldn't wrap his mind around the the natural, the around Strange defying the natural order to, to defeat their enemies. And, and he left and then realized that the problem with the world is all these sorcerers walking around with this magic to bend reality and so it's his job to take it all away so yeah (laughs) tries to take it away so the poor guy so i guess that's going to be movie two yeah so he'll be probably the bad guy in the next one which apparently he is one of dr strange's villains i don't know oh so that was coming 
from the beginning. That's interesting. Oddly enough, after watching the movie, it doesn't make me want to read the comics. Well, I mean, when you ask someone about good Doctor Strange comics, there's really only like one or two runs that people will always go to. Hmm. And even then, I don't feel like it's anything that's ever been said that is like a must read. Like it is really, really good. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are some Doctor Strange fans out there that that maybe disagree, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel compelled either to go and read some Doctor Strange either. Yeah. So. Interesting. All right. Well, that's all I got for the movie. Um, I think that's all I've got too. Uh, go see it. It's good. It's funny. Um, it's child friendly, which most of their movies are. All of their movies are. Eh. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, by the way, I watched, um, Captain America, the first Avenger mm-hmm. with the boys yesterday. Yeah. They've yeah. already seen that before. Well, Caleb has. Yeah, I didn't know that. He goes, oh, I've seen this movie. It's Captain America. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he ate his lunch and he watched a few scenes and then there were too many commercials because we were watching it on regular television and he went upstairs and Makes I turned sense. it off because there were too many, <laughs> too many commercials. Yeah. Makes sense. Not used to commercials. So. All right, well, let's get into the books. Wasn't there something else we're supposed to talk about? Nope. Okay. Alrighty. Mm, Let's get into the books. I'm fading already. I can tell. You can see it. Alright, so we're actually going to do, since we missed last week, we're going to start with, um, we have a mixture of books from both this week and last week. So this week was November 2nd. And last week was October 26th. Yes. So uh, so we'll start with, I guess, last week. I don't remember which books are from this week and which books were from last week. I think we should just... No, these two. So we'll start with um, one of the ones I picked from last week. One Roman, number nine. Uh, this is Greg Rucka, Liam Sharp. Um... Yeah, so this issue was basically like some downtime. We see return of uh, Veronica Kale. Yeah, I don't, is, I don't remember her. I mean, I remember her, but I don't remember her. She is from, well, she, Greg Rucka wrote her in his previous run on Wonder Woman. She was kind of like the main villain. But I remember her somewhere in this before. Haven't we seen her before? I don't believe we have. Oh. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. But, um, so we see that, and we kind of see some stuff happening in the background. But, like, the main point of this issue is a few pages with... Diana and Diana Steve. and Steve talking to each other. And, um, yeah, it was just really, really beautiful, really heartfelt, um... You know, they're just talking about how they somehow haven't been able to connect and and how they've always been there for each other and how they still feel for each other. But it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. And, and yeah, and they kind of rekindle what they had. And they kind of hint at maybe, you know, maybe it'll work out now. Maybe they can have each other now. And they talked and about her thing. relationship with Superman, which I thought was interesting. They yeah. touched on that. 
I liked that. I liked how Ruc- Rucka's, um, you know, he's tying everything in. He's not he's not just washing everything away. Right. Everything else happened. Um, he's just kind of going to fix it all. Yeah. And, you know, but it all happened. It was all there. And it's it's all coming to this point. Yeah. So. And these experiences have made them slightly different people, and now they get to find their way forward, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the very end of the issue, she runs into her mom, Hippolyta. Yeah. Um, um, Barbara Ann figures out how to find the mascara. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right, because the kale woman is trying to find the mascara, too. And they basically said, well, now they're on to it. We'll just follow follow Diana. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, um, yeah, Diana finds her mommy. I'm fading. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, so she finds her way back home. And uh, I was really glad to see it kind of all come to fruition. I didn't. Not that the story was dragging on, but I was glad that it was resolved so quickly. Right. It didn't um, drag on. It didn't. Yeah. It wasn't one thing after another after another. And it's like, okay, well, where's the resolution? Like, we got a resolution for parts of it for her and Steve, and now we're on to something new. And it was a great resolution rolled into a new beginning. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think it was a great issue. I always like those downtime issues that give you resolution and... and um, character development. Character development and some time to sneeze. Yeah. Um, some time to regroup. I couldn't think of what the word was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Regroup and kind of remind you of what's going on and wh- where the story is going and yeah. give you an idea of what what's next. So. Yeah. Okay. But we need more Steve and Diana. We need more moments. Look, looks we like we're more... going to get some more of that. But that I was great. So. Like, hopefully that's not the the only, what is it, four pages of Steve and Diana? Yeah. Hopefully that's not the only four more. pages we get. Yeah. All right. The next book. Seven to Eternity. Rick Remender and Jerome Pena. Oh, Rick Remender. Um, Yeah. I actually, because this was from last week, and you put this in here, but I actually kind of have already forgotten. Not that I didn't love it, because I did love it. I just read it, I think, yesterday or the day before. I've been really behind on my books, guys, because I've been sick. So you'll have to forgive me. Um, But I really liked this issue because you got to meet, um, forgive me, I'm terrible with names, but the the bad guy that makes all the offers. The Mud King. The Mud King, thank you. Um, So you got to meet the Mud King. You got a little bit of Adam's history and... Um, kind of sort of the struggle that he's been going through with his father and some of the things that he didn't know and um, why the why his life is the way it is because of the Mud King and who the Mud King actually was before he was the Mud King. So you got a lot in this issue. Um, and it progressed very nicely and then you were introduced to a few new characters. Um, yeah. So the the whole all the new I guess they're Morax what are they called? The no Mo, the Mo, um Mo something search on the name. It's M- Mozax I think. Mozax. Um. 
So, so you got to so you got to meet a group of them, and a battle ensued, and so we got some 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 more action in this issue. I don't know. It was a really exciting issue with a lot of uh with a lot of story movement and um information yeah because the you know the first issue kind of threw us right in it was Mm -hmm. you know there's really no world building it was very minor very very crude world building which was fine it was it was still a really good first issue it just you know I trust Rick Remender enough to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get everything else. I'm going to get a, an explanation later, just try and absorb as much as I can. And then sure enough, in this issue, it kind of, he goes back and this is the world. This is the, this is what was, you know, going on before all of this started. Um, we see, like you said, the Mud King's history. We see um, Adam's history and his father's Jebediah. Um so we, we get an explanation for all of that, and then and then he does, you know, midway, half, and then halfway through, show us, I guess, this order of... Uh, magic them? users? Magic, are they Mozaks? Or am I even saying the right word? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't know, it's going to bother me. I don't feel like it's Mozak. Quick, say something while I... <laughs> say something witty. <laughs> The Something one who is sick and fading and can't put two sentences together. I need to say something quick and witty. Your parents are blowing up our phones, by the way. Um, it is a mosaic. Okay. It is a mosaic? Yeah. M-O-S-A-K. So, You're so um, smart. This is why I married you. Your brain. So, um... <laughs> why did yeah, you so, laugh? <laughs> so, we see, so we see this other group infiltrate the Mud King and put up this really good fight and yeah i don't know for an instant there i was like okay are they gonna be able to kill the mud king or did they kill him they they didn't he got away i I, it was kind of hard to tell what was going on because at the end it was hard to follow yeah i i didn't understand the whole like javelia the the woman someone was disguised as her I yeah, did notice the, the that. king, and I, I, I got confused between okay, was she disguised as the king? Was because the I guess the king, not the mud king, but a, a different king that they've somehow. Yes, the man with the long beard. Yeah, the emperor. I guess. Um. Yeah, it was the mud king, and then there was the emperor, um, and he's the emperor of some lands, and um, the mud king allows him to rule. I guess. Um. But yeah, she was leading him away, and then it was, he was disguised as someone, but she was hiding with Adam? But the real her was hiding with Adam? I guess. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't follow that last bit. I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, but, you know, by the end of it, um, they talk about the... The substance of a man or the substance of a, which way will, will Adam go? Which way will he, what will he decide? Did he hear the Mud King's offer? Which he didn't hear the Mud King's offer, really. Well, he did, though. It was, I'll it was that he, life. yeah, I'll cure you. Okay. So that was his offer. I'll cure you so you can live with your family. And all you have to do is give me your head. 
so okay so looking back on this it it wasn't really javalia it was this one of the other mosaics that shapeshifted to look like her to lead the emperor yeah over and I, don't, so I don't i don't know where she went throughout this whole thing what happened to the mud king i don't know i don't think they really show they show the battle and then they kind of switch over to adam Yeah, they switch over to Adam, and they don't really show what happened to the Mud King. So I, I think they're all still, the next issue, it'll start out, and they're all still battling. Yeah. But um, I also just want to say Jerome Pena. He's amazing. I love his art. I love yeah. the artwork on this book. Yeah. Oh, it is, I absolutely agree. It is really, really good. And it fits the story really well. It's kind of, yeah. I think Remender does really well with his artists and his, um, matching his, his, uh, story and his artists and, and the style of, of the story with the artist because it is the same thing with Deadly Class. You know, we were like, oh, this art's kind of weird, but it fits the story because the story is so weird. So, but this one, it's very fantastical. And, um, yeah. And the art just brings that out so well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Remender only works with the best. Like, he works with the best and, it's, you know, it's two top-notch creators that are so in sync with each other on a book, and they just produce some of the best books. Like, I yeah. I truly believe that Rick Remender is doing some of the best work in comics, in comics right now. And Millar. I like Millar as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, to, I don't know, for me, like, Remender, he, he's it for me. Yeah. Like, he's... Yeah, I'd say him, Malar, Rucka. I could read any of the, probably any three of their books and be in love. Yeah. So. Agreed. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Okay. There were a few more in there, too, people, just so you know, that we did not name. We a few a, more of uh, last week? No, 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 no. Writers that we could read any of. Oh, yeah. There, there definitely are a few more, but those, for me, like, just they're at the top for me and yeah i they're they're my go-to there are others that i'll read pretty much anything by them as well but but yeah okay so uh batman number 10 and this is from this week right yeah so now that was those were the only two books we were going to talk about from last week from the 26th um, these are from the second uh this is uh yeah by tom king and uh I can't, I don't know if it's Michael or Mikkel Janin. Um, Where's the A? It's M-I-K-E-L. Mikkel? I would say Mikkel. Anyways, um, which I believe he's worked on, what did he work on before? I can't remember, but his art is absolutely gorgeous here too. Mm -hmm. Tom King has been really lucky. I think David Finch has been doing some of his best work, and I think he had Ivan Reese, and now... Um, Mikhail Janin, I, I think he's, yeah, he's, he's lucky that he's working with such talented artists on Batman, on Batman. Um, and they're lucky to have him, honestly, because Tom King is on fire lately. So, um, yeah, but this issue was really good. We kind of see, 
I wasn't sure where this was going. Um, with the letter? With, you know, Batman, Batman's like rushing onto the island and he keeps saying the same things over and over and over again. After a while, I was like, oh, is it a robot that's, decoy? That's what I thought. Too. I was like, okay, is this, is this a robot? And no, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't seem like that at the end. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it wasn't, but I mean... I don't know, like when he was in the hole and I was like, oh my gosh, Batman didn't just get caught. Like, that's not Batman. Like, I was so... No, I was I was fine with that because I was like, okay, he has a plan. Like, there's yeah. a reason he's being so foolhardy and he's charging hundreds of dudes and trying to take them all on at the same time. Right. And just stopping at nothing to get on this island. He has a plan and... You know, sure enough, he charges the island, he gets captured. I, what first started making me thinking he was a robot is he kept saying the same thing, and then he's getting beat up pretty bad by Bane. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then he, yeah, then we see the whole thing with him getting captured. Um, and then I was like, okay, maybe he's not a robot. Yeah. But, yeah, I think when he got thrown in the hole, I, figured, I was like, oh, he's not. Um, but then he... Punches the holes in the thing and cracks his back. Punches the footholes in the thing. I didn't really understand what he was doing there. I guess he was trying to just get a grip so he could go up to the grate. That's what I was thinking at first. But he did the whole bendy thing. I didn't. That didn't make sense to me. What, what was that? Well, Bane pulled his back the other way. But was he really, I mean. I don't know. I don't know if he actually broke his back. I don't, I don't think so. No, and I think Bane said he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the strength to do that anymore. But it was still weird, I feel like, that, I guess you're right. Maybe he was bending his back. It's the only thing that makes sense, but it still seems weird that he would try and do that on a wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, that, that portion didn't make sense to me i don't remember what happened after that the water the tide goes up and he gets out yeah so the water gets up he cuts his way out and then at the end he um we see catwoman has been waiting for him yeah um outside of the fortress and now now they're ready to start their plan so we see you know his suicide squad's going to get stuff done. They're Did his suicide together. squad go in and get... No, they were just waiting. They were waiting and they're going to... What are they trying to do? What was their ultimate goal? I thought they were doing something else while they were all fo- while the whole island was focused on Batman's incoming. The suicide squad was executing some other mission. That's and what I figured. And now they're going back in because he wants to break Bane's back because Bane didn't. Well, I don't know if he's actually going to break Bane's back. Well, I, mean, I know he's going to make him suffer. They want to get Psycho Pirate, so... Did they get him, though? I don't think... No, they didn't get Psycho Pirate. They had some random guy with him, though. And he must have been one of the suicide... Quote-unquote suicide squad members. I but I'm not know. sure. I don't remember seeing him in the lineup. Um, what I found the most interesting about this issue was the letter from Catwoman. Oh, how she was 
Yeah, and it talked about the two hundred and thirty-seven, and we talked about her kill count being so high. Um, so it basically said that that was her two hundred and thirty-seven murders. Was she killed this terrorist cell that blew up the home, the orphanage, the orphanage? Yeah. Um. So I thought that was really interesting. Um. How she talked about how similar they were, how similar similar she is with Batman. Um. And how she looked on that photo or that painting um, and imagined herself as part of their family. and um, But when she lost that, her path was very different than the way Batman went. Bruce yeah. Went. Um, and that's what makes them so different. And she's hoping that one day, you know, he'll stop looking he'll stop let's see maybe you two will stop feeling the love left behind and just feel left behind and then maybe and then maybe then the kiss will finally last so i don't know i thought that was very interesting touching i don't know yeah i i liked that as well yeah how it gave some context behind her doing the thing she did yeah, and it had very little to do with the action that was going on, but, well, I mean, it didn't, but it did, huh? Yeah. So he's, Batman is doing all this to save someone, and she murdered all those people to get revenge, um, and their mindsets are very different. Yeah. Anyway. I liked this issue a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I did too. I feel like it was one of the stronger issues yes. of Tom King's run so far. Yeah, so. I would agree with that. All right, well, keep on rolling. This is a random question. You have a brand new iPhone charger right here. Why do you have this one that's got the... I'm, I am going to replace that. I keep forgetting to do that. Oh, okay. So. Um, Squirrel, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Another Rick Remender book, uh, Deadly Class, number 23. Yes. And art by A. Wes Craig. Um, so we get some information starting out with the issue. We see, uh, you know, a, a Japanese gang. Um, yeah, that was sad. The, yeah, it was a sad little few pages story. We find out it's Seiya's brother, and her brother has killed her father, so now he is the head of Seiya's gang. Their syndicate? Their syndicate. Um, and they're trying to bleed this store, store dry for money because it's one of their stores under their protection, and yada, yeah. yada. They haven't paid their protection money, they're behind, and it's this elderly couple, and... The man says, for 50 years, I've always paid my debts. I've always made up with your father. I've always made up. Just let him know. And the guy's like, my father's not running things anymore. And people need to know that if you don't pay up, you don't get your protection. And he makes the man walk into the sword. Yeah. Which is awful. And then he burns the place mm-hmm. with those people in it. Yeah. Which so is sad. Yeah, so he's uh, not a nice guy. No. And then he, he talks about how he wants 
the family sword back, which is the sword that Seiya has, and he wants her back as well. Um, And then it cuts to Seiya. And then it cuts to Seiya and her training. And let's just fast forward. It gets to the good part. They're all sitting down and they're playing D&D. Which is awesome. So Master Lin gives her a new assignment, a new pledge, and he tells her the lessons of pledges. So she goes to get to know her pledge, and her pledge is playing D&D. So she has to play, too. And she says, they said, okay, Saya, tell us about your character. I guess my name is Saya. Be embarrassed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in my head, I'm like, come on, Saya, like, get into this. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. Like, you should... You should be enjoying playing some D and D. No, right now. I think it's totally characteristic for her to be like this is dumb. That's true. She's she's kind of yeah. She's very standoffish, yeah. very cold hearted. Yeah, but uh, I think that there's a reason for that. You know, she talks about having nightmares and stuff after she kills people, and I think she doesn't get close because she doesn't want the nightmares. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably why she pushed uh, Marcus away. Yeah, and then she had to kill him. I'm still not convinced that he's dead. Still not. No? You think he'll pop up at some point? He might. Who knows? Maybe she she put her sword in him just the right way to where he wouldn't bleed out. Or. But she had to have brought the body back to the school as proof. Did she, though? Did it, Did they confirm that? I don't know. I, th- I mean, I would think so. Well, anyways. Not convinced. It surprises me that they would bury them in a cemetery and give them gravestones. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so they're playing D&D. And it's so funny because it says six hours later. she said i've been here for hours and we haven't done anything and then it says six hours later i'm like man she's been there for a long time and she's actually playing she says i run up on him with my sword drawn at some point when they're fighting an evil bad guy you're supposed to respond i thought you were still talking no stop it no, I thought you were going to keep going on with that idea. No, I was. I thought you were looking for it, the part where they were playing D&D. But I thought it was interesting that she, like, actually gets into it, and she plays. Sort of. She she sort of plays. She she, she warms up it. a little bit. Yeah, she still she's say still, it in the game. Yeah. And, yeah, I actually, um, it's funny, because I liked the, you know, they do, like, a different shade of coloring to kind of represent that they're in this D&D world. And I, I liked the art that was going on. It was kind of, it was different from Wes Craig's normal art, mm-hmm. just slightly. The, the coloring obviously was different, but it also felt like he was doing something a little bit different as well. Agreed. Um, like just it, as far as his line work and you know his penciling and everything. Yeah. It was just different. Um, well, it's a whole different world. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it was cool. And it, they were some beautiful pages and uh yeah so say is getting close to this girl and i can't remember her name um i can't remember her name either but you know like D, they're supposed they were supposed to pick characters that closely represent themselves and and you know play that and so yeah. she picks like this white knight and she's on the and side of good she's and... good and courageous and she's bold and 
and all these things. And it's like, oh man, they're setting they're setting her up to be like this really nice, good person. Like she's a wholesome, just good person. You and, know what my thought was? And say is gonna have to kill her. Yeah. You know what my thought was? What? Why is she in a school for an assassin? Yeah. I well, obviously she's one of the the rats. She's one that is there, not. Um, because of their parents paying her way in or anything. Yeah. So. But still. Who knows? Maybe she's an orphan or something and she needed a place to belong or. I guess. Whatever. It just seems so crazy. And then at the end we get uh, the random mysterious guy from the school coming and dropping in a box with a dead rat in it. Yeah. I love the part when he walks in. And they're all sitting there, and they're all terrified, and it says, so, so high. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking at all of them, because they're not supposed to do drugs on campus. Yeah. And they're all terrified they're going to get in trouble. And she gets the rat. Yeah. And Saya says she doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to say anything, right? Well, I mean, no. I, I don't think so. No one told any of the rats in the previous year. Right. So... I wonder how that's gonna play out yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if she'll actually be able to betray them yeah i wonder if she'll even be there her brother wants her to come back yeah i don't know hmm. so another really good issue of deadly class yes you ready to move on i'm ready okay Aquaman number 10. Straighten up and stretch. Aquaman. Um, oh my gosh, can I say that cover is so beautiful. Yeah, I really liked this. I think this is the... This is not a variant cover. I think this is just the standard A cover. Um, um, she looks like a sea queen. Like a mermaid queen. A beautiful, elegant, graceful queen of the water. I agree. This is one of like my favorite covers in all of Rebirth so far. It's a beautiful color. Her hair's it's a beautiful contrast between her hair and the water and I don't know, yeah. it's just it's so pretty. Yeah, it's very if pretty. If we could get that original, I would pay out the nose for it. <laughs> so. So yeah, but uh No, I wouldn't cuz we probably couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um yeah, Dan Amnett is uh, writing this. He's, this is his ongoing series, and uh, we get Brad Walker uh, back on pencils. Um, Brad Walker, yeah, I don't know. Brad Walker is killing it on this series. Dan Amnett is killing it on this series, I think. Uh, I think I said it a few episodes ago, but yeah, this is one of one of my favorite Rebirth books. Yeah, I would agree. It's one of the ones that I really look forward to um, in the poll. I think we've said it several times. Yeah. It's one of the ones that we really look forward to. Um, so, and of course, it didn't disappoint. Yeah, so we get a lot of foreshadowing with Mira in the, uh, what are they called again? The Widowhood. Yeah, the Widowhood. Um. You know, they're saying that she's going to be this... The Fatal Queen. Yeah. Um, which I've, I I love that this was all about... This, this issue was about Mira and from her perspective. We've gotten a little bit 
Um, but we got to know her a little bit more. At least I did. Well, you're not a big Aquaman reader either. So no. we both got to know yeah. her a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the prophecy, and she is... And it was interesting because the widows were like, no, we don't oppose you because you're Zabel. Yeah, I think Zabel. Um, we oppose you because of this prophecy. And you are supposed to, you know, you'll be a great queen with your king, but when your king falls, you're going to be this horrible, evil monster and you're going to destroy the land and the sea. So, no, you can't be queen. And it was interesting because, you know, she swims away, Mira swims away, and she's like, no, he'll marry me anyway. You know, I can't picture my life without him. We're going to get married. And then she starts kind of thinking about it like, gosh, but he can't be king and marry me. What would his people think if he married a woman that the widows say is prophesied to destroy the land and the sea? Like, he, he can't marry me. Yeah. Um, And so, and she goes to Amnesty Bay. She goes to the lighthouse. Yeah. And she, and she calls it home. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And she even said, like, me, a creature of the sea, feeling at home in this dry land and in the air yeah so yeah i i agree with you i I really liked that this issue focused on on mira yeah and uh you know um i don't know yeah you you hit a lot of it as far as the beginning part and and then her um meeting up with the Lieutenant. The captain. Uh, yeah, lieutenant or captain, whatever she is. She's a lieutenant colonel, isn't she? No, I don't think she's a lieutenant colonel. I think she's like a lieutenant or a captain. Oh. One of the two. Anyway, Royal um, Navy. Yeah, the Royal British Navy. And uh, they're starting to finally, or Mira's starting to piece together after they talk that, you know, all that's been behind all of this and has been orchestrating the whole thing between Aquaman and the U.S. government and so on and so forth has been Nemo. Yeah. I love that it wasn't like they sit down, they argue about a bunch of stuff, and they beat around the bush of who it is. Like, she came out right out and said, this is who it is, it's Nemo. And she said it several times. So Mira knows it's Nemo. And you know how sometimes movies or books or, you know, whatever, they'll basically... This person knows who it is. They're going to sit down and have dinner and... Right about their right, say Yeah, right about get shot in the head or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I like that that didn't happen and Mira was able to thwart the attempt. And that guy, they, they Blackjack specifically said, you know, don't, um, don't reveal yourself. Don't, don't, uh, don't do anything out in the open and, you know that it's absolutely unnecessary to do that. And he was like, yeah, no, I got this. And he attacks Mira and... What is her name? Colonel what? Lieutenant what? It's not Colonel. I keep thinking Crikey, but that's not her name. She just says that a lot. Crikey? Crikey. Not Crikey. Crikey, Crikey, Cranky. She's Cranky. I always thought it was Cranky, so whenever I see it, it's Crikey. I'm like, what's Crikey? Crikey like a cricket? Which, isn't crikey something that Australians say? Is that something that... Cranky is something Australians say, I think. No, no one says cranky. Cricky. Nobody says cricky. <laughs> it's crikey. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I, I think know. we need to listen to Steve Irwin again. It sounds like he's saying cranky. He's not saying cricky. That's what I didn't say cricky. Cranky? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. No, it's crikey. Okay, well, fine. Anyways, yeah, I can't find her name. I spent too much time looking. Um. So then she gets word that um, she Mira tells her um, Arthur can't make it. So what's going on? And they sit down and they talk and then the guy attacks her and she says something about Arthur. The lieutenant says something about Arthur and she goes, oh, I thought you knew. It was all over the news. And then Mira gets the other half of the prophecy. The king has fallen. Yeah. So, and that's where it leaves off. So, you know, knowing the prophecy, I wonder if she'll go a different route or what's going to happen. Well, so, yeah. But she's she has proven herself a bit of a hothead. Yes. So, you know, I can see how she could destroy the land and the sea for <laughs> King Balls yeah. and she blames someone else. Like, I totally see that. Yeah. Heck, if I knew who did it, and I were the queen and I could destroy the land and the sea, I would destroy the land and the sea if something happened to you. I would totally do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that you... Well, I mean, I guess it has been fairly obvious that she is a little bit of a hothead, but that is something that, you know, has carried over from pre-New 52 and and from what little I know about Mira and Aquaman and everything. Um, for instance, in, uh, in the... Uh, the Blackest Night, the um, event book that Jeff Johns wrote that's part of like the Green Lantern mythos, she actually becomes a Red Lantern for a while. That makes total sense. Mm, yeah, so <laughs> you could see how, yes, she's a little bit of a hothead. Yeah, um, she's very impulsive. Yeah. I, I, I'd rather categorize her as impulsive rather than a hothead. She's a queen after all. I would say both. <laughs> um but yeah it was a good issue and i i hope they don't um i hope dan doesn't uh find a way to make it so they don't get married i don't think that'll happen because i want them to be married i don't i don't think that i want happen. so far like aquaman is the one that's like well and green arrow to an extent but i feel like aquaman's a more consistent book right now than green arrow is um consistent really high quality Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are like kind of like the two books where I'm finally getting my fulfillment of I want a superhero power couple that's really really great yeah and we get a lot of that like romance and couples development and yeah all that yeah so alright that's all I got that's all you got last book Last book. This is a new one. This is a number one. And I was surprised that you picked it. Um, the Unworthy Thor, number one. I picked that one? Yeah, you did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I picked it up, but you decided to talk about it. I know, I know. Um, I know, and I know why. I just... Yeah, so this is the book... Um, this is by Jason Aaron, who has been writing The Mighty Thor and wrote, what was the other previous Thor book that he was writing? 
when Thor was. Oh, I know. It's all in the back of the book here. Yeah, it's fine. It whatever. He's been writing Thor for a long time. Yes. Um, Thor's. This is number one though, and this is with uh, art is uh, Olivier Olivier Coipel, um, one of my favorite. I guess I don't think he's contracted with Marvel. He might be, but he he does a lot of their books. But I love Coipel's work. Um, I loved his work on Spider Man. I like like what he's doing here, and I like what he was doing on uh, Civil War. I like you. Um. Yeah, so the art is absolutely gorgeous. I have no complaints about the art whatsoever. Um, yeah, what did what did you what made you decide to have us talk about this? Um, I think this was a. I've always wanted to read a Thor book, um, ever since Thor became a woman. Um, I wanted to read. Pre books, pre female Thor books, and then the female Thor books, and compare, you know, um, just because there was such an uproar about it. But now Marvel has changed so many characters that it just doesn't seem like there should be. There's a point to that. Um, so I picked this one because this was one kind of like Doctor Strange, and we talked about that. You know, loss of identity. Um, when you put your identity into all of these things that you're capable of doing and then you lose that capability and you are left with nothing. Yeah. And so it opens and he's pretty much left with nothing. And the one thing he thinks he can do, he can't do. Like destroy the trolls. He thinks he can destroy the trolls. But he can't. So... um, So I, I just, I thought it was interesting. And then he meets the the stranger that's gives him, I don't know, he says he watches. There were a lot of references to uh, previous books, which I like how they do the little asterisks and they tell you where to find it. Not that I'm going to go back and find it, but it helps in like the DC books where it says, see this issue. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Where I know that from. Um so he meets the stranger who sees, I am the unseen, I see all. And the unseen tells him about another hammer. Mm-hmm. And Thor says, if this is true, then we're going to have more words. And the unseen says, I fear we've had, we've already shared far too many. Um, so he goes to find old Asgard to find that other hammer. And Asgard's not there. And I thought this was going to be a bad guy. Who is this? That's Beta Ray Bill. Who's and that? he's a good guy. He has a hammer that is much similar to Thor's. And his power set is virtually identical. Okay. Um, he's just an alien who... I forget the hammer's name. That hammer has a different name. Uh, What's Thor's hammer's name? Mjolnir. Okay. His, his original sword. I couldn't pronounce it when hammer. I was reading. Mjolnir. Um, and I can't, yeah, I can't for the life of me remember what Beta Ray Bills is, but, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, it was interesting that Beta Ray Bill so willingly gave, or is trying to give his hammer to, to Thor. Yeah. And we'll have to see 
what happens in the next issue, whether he can take it and, and use it or... Whether he can actually wield it. Well... Because he has uh, to be worthy to wield it, right? Well, it's it's different from Mjolnir. I, I don't know the specifics, again, on Bedarabil and um, his hammer. Okay. So I don't know if there's a worthiness aspect to it or not. I can't remember. Okay. And, yeah. I like the goat. <laughs> yeah. That I was think that was funny. my favorite part is the goat. Yeah. If anything comes out of this hole, it's not me. Eat him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I agree. I I did I did like this issue. I I do want to continue reading the series. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was, you know, it was as my first Thor book. I thought it was a really good one. Um, yeah. It was a good introduction to the character. Is a good introduction. Well, and it wasn't even really an introduction to the character. It was just a, this is what's been going on. Um, it assumes that you know quite a bit about yeah. Thor, which is good because I, I think I know a decent amount. But it didn't um, make a lot of assumptions. I don't know. It didn't touch too too. It didn't go too far deep into stories that I don't know. You knew nothing about? Right. It gave me everything that I needed within the context of the issue. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. I'm excited for the next one. Um, I'm excited to figure out. So it talked about, it showed him fighting to get past these guards. That his everyday has been like that for a while and he's fighting and then they zap him. Um, and then it says three months earlier, right? Three months earlier, and that's when he's fighting the trolls, and that's when he originally started his journey. So I'm curious to see how he ended up in this place where he's escaping every day and being taken down every day. Yeah, I mean, it obviously has something to do with him finding this other hammer. Yeah. So. But he was so close this last time. Yeah. He was right there. Yeah. I don't know. But you liked it? I did. I did like it. I uh, I don't really just, uh, yeah, I just don't have much to say about it. It's a new number one. It's a new start to a series. I I love the art. I could, I I think I've bought like every, everything Olivier Coupel's done like in the past few years. Have you really? Well, yeah, I feel like I have a book by him almost every month or every other month, so. That's really awful because I don't feel like I've heard that name before. But is it because I don't read any of the Marvel books? I was going to say, because it's it's mainly because, yeah, he's been doing a lot of Marvel work. And I can't remember if he's he's contracted to Marvel right now or not, or if he's just been, yeah, if they've been hiring him to do a bunch of stuff. But Okay. But, yeah, his work's gorgeous. Okay. This is only my second Marvel book that we're adding to the poll. For me. Yeah. It is I only you. read Black Widow and now this. Oh. So, be interesting. Okay. All right. Anything else? Nope. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Optimistic Nerds, or you can email us at OptimisticNerds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your comments, critiques, suggestions for the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. And that's all. That's it. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. 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 Catman, hell yeah. <laughs>